0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast,
1: the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Stebbings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds.
2: You're cracking the whip this morning,
1: aren't you? I know. Hello (laughs) and welcome to episode number 237 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in the PTUK studio is my co-host Matt Smith. How are you are you? Matt? Oh, they rushed around it seems this morning. I know. Cut. He spent all day yesterday <laughs> driving driving a coach halfway across the UK. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, bit of a long yeah. day you had yesterday wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, no, it was
2: fine. It was all part of the fun. Very, very, very exciting. Uh, very exciting. As uh, uh, my, my view of the horse of the... Wrong camera. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, you're going to get a lot of that today, by the way, yes, because I am a bit tired. Uh, so don't be at all surprised if there's a picture of me while Nevis talking
1: and vice versa today. Uh, <laughs>
2: yourselves, absolutely. Oh, there but, we are. Uh, no, you, you <laughs> had a busy
1: day, but uh, it was good. Uh, you went to the Birmingham NEC. Didn't yes, you? absolutely. It's was that s- any particular show? Was it? Uh, uh,
2: yes, it was the Horse of the Year show. Horse actually. of the Year yes, show. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Nice. No. No. I, w- I wasn't a contender. I oh. was. I was just there as a <laughs> as as a, as a driver today, but uh, yesterday. But I managed to get a. Uh, my group there and back with uh, no incidents which is good I, almost, I w- almost went to the wrong park and ride for one of my pickups but other than that
1: and I'll tell you what guys uh, the the uh, coach Matt sent me a picture of the coach that he was driving it was a very posh coach
0: hey to it be had fair, leather excuse seats excuse and everything <laughs> excuse
2: me to be fair the one that I normally drive oh, A12 uh, is, a- yeah. is
1: very posh okay. thank you I'll have you know how very
2: dare you but this one team. had a twin rear axle and everything that, yeah, yeah. Oh. actually I'd, right <laughs> this has got nothing to do with aviation I'm already apologizing for the fact <laughs> um, that we're off topic, so <laughs> Neva's already got his head in his hands. Look, this is outrageous. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, they, I'll tell you what. Though, the the, tri- the triaxial thing, mm. it literally turns on a sixpence awesome if i i i shouldn't know what one of those is, is got cruise really? control on that, on that yeah it's all got yeah, really
0: no, no you wow. see you keep saying
2: that My, the one so i normally posh. drive has got a cruise oh, okay, control on fair it. enough. So, yeah, it's not that they're not really that dissimilar in age yeah.
1: anyway anyway so joining <laughs> yeah. us as well this morning is uh the legend uh, the absolute legend of awesomeness of av and tech it's uh oh. <laughs> neville bans
3: hello yes i'm also a bit tired because i got up early to watch the formula one uh, so, uh, but it was quite boring. So I was sort of yes. nodding yes. On, <laughs> over as well. So.
2: Yes, oh, yes. Uh, myself and, uh, as I say, one of our other listeners. I was uh, chatting to Owen this morning. He was actually watching the Grand Prix as well. I think we we had a very similar conversation uh, about uh, Ferrari uh, being, um, well, giving up. And yes, it's uh, <laughs> a bit under par, I think. Yeah, uh,
3: meanwhile, uh, in the chat room, Liz has come up with an excellent suggestion for a new podcast, Coach Talking UK. No, no, yeah. she has not.
2: Absolutely. Although, again, you know, it could be the new contender for the uh, the official cure to insomnia, which is what our current show is. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, there we are, yeah. absolutely.
1: So we're going to welcome everyone to the uh, live YouTube get, chat I've room got, this I've morning. i chat room up. Mass, up so while he's doing that, <laughs> anyway, we've got uh, Mariana <laughs> is in I'm the in a chat bit room. Of Mess this morning. Sorry, Liz. Good and morning, Mariana. <laughs> uh, Auntie Liz is oh, in the chat room Auntie as well. Uh, we have got. Uh, <laughs> oh, Matt's got his sound on. i have been a
2: bit room. of a mess this morning. So oh, okay. have, have you left your you sound on, Matt? <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: and it's going into the broadcast tower. Isn't that nice? <laughs> and uh, we've also got Ray Davis. Ray Davis says good day from down under. Good day, Ray. Uh, <laughs> nothing but, but professionalism here, hey Nev. Uh, Chris uh, Griggs is also no, in the chat room. Hello, Chris. Welcome to you as <laughs> well.
2: I'm impressed. Carlos is just keeping going. I have to Richard
1: king hello richard welcome to you as well and just scrolling down yeah and all uh, oh, neville barons is in there good that's always good As ah, a there. new name the here chris greeks of... yeah chris yeah. hello chris yeah, Morning, where about are chris, yeah. where you chris tell us where yeah, you yeah. Are. we like to know where they're in listening. the world yeah. where are you Coach Chris? talking uk honestly auntie liz what
2: are you like don't encourage me please <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, no, but uh, we have got uh, a full-packed show this week. We've got uh, loads of news to get through, and also we've got uh, some more segments from Farnborough, which uh, were obviously uh, awesome this year. We've got some more to play out from that. We've also got some audio feedback uh, from Evan Shoe, which, yeah. which is really good because he's, he's actually um, recorded it whilst flying, uh, which was quite good in, in Australia, so it'll be good to, uh, to Down hear. under, mate. Around. Yeah, it'll be good to hear. It's a bit of ATC banter Ooh. on there as well, so that's great. Okay. That's coming up later as well. Well, we've got a splattering. Oh, he's based in Oxford, by the of way. Of military news. Oh, hello, hello, yes. Oxford, Oxford, excellent. <laughs> yes, uh, and not uh, a million miles away from from Sunderland. No, no, just
3: just uh, twenty miles or so. Yeah. Very right.
1: good, yeah. excellent. Oh, well, perhaps you could throw stones at each other.
3: So, so, yeah. so quick,
1: quick, <laughs> quick, count, quick count, how are things are you, Nev? Anyway, how's your, how's your, uh, the world been? With oh,
3: Hexy Week, yes, very good, um, uh, lots of stuff going on at work, um, and uh, yeah, another busy week coming up actually, lots of things to prepare for uh, quite a big event we're doing the week after next at Ooh. work, um, but uh, no, all uh, all good I'm pleased to say.
2: Apparently I've got to do do a podcast about, uh, it should be called On the Buses, that was a TV programme. That was I an awesome TV
1: yeah. programme, that, know, that yeah. was awesome, yeah. I love that show. Why are you Butler? <laughs> oh dear, we're showing a rage now Aviation, anyway, sorry, aviation, aviation. <laughs> yep. So we are going to start the show and, Well, quick, quick time check actually It is the 7th, oh, yes. 7th of October yeah. um, And it's just gone past 5 past 6 on a Sunday morning So mm. a big welcome I love as I said too five, 6 minutes past 10 Oh you know I got lively.
4: You can tell it's been a long weekend. It's going
1: really oh, well, isn't dear. it, Nev? Six I, minutes past I, ten on a yeah. Sunday morning.
2: <laughs> I think I think this is going to be one of our best shows yet, Nev.
1: I don't oh. know. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, anyway, so are you, are you, um, have you got everything loaded up, Matt? Oh, probably. Okay. Yeah. So we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with a rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. Uh... I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> and if you're ready, Nev. Barely, but we'll have a go. Yeah, Let's go. <laughs> so kicking off this week's first news story this one is on the bbc.co.uk website obviously we've got to start off with a with a posh website for the uh, first news story, and uh, it's a headline that was uh, on early this week, and it's sad news because it's uh, another uh, loss of another carrier of an airline. Oh, no. um, oh and, yeah, um, oh. yeah. This one is the headline is Primera Air and their passengers stranded as the airline collapses. So Budget Airline that began offering long-haul flights from the UK airports earlier this year, including Stansted to the US, has collapsed. Primera yeah. Air said it was ceasing all operations uh, at midnight on Monday after 14 years of operations. Flights to I didn't realise had been going that long, yeah. actually. Yeah. Flights to Washington and New York um, uh, due to leave Stansted on Monday night were grounded and passengers have been told not to go to the airport at all Uh, for any flights this week. Uh, One flight from Birmingham to Malaga arrived uh, on Monday evening. The airline, which had 15 aircraft on the fleet, began offering low-cost flights from Stansted and Birmingham to North America, including Washington, Newark and Toronto, um, which was early this year. Uh, Flights from Manchester to Malaga were due to start later this month. Most of the uh, airline's businesses uh, involved taking uh, Scandinavian holidaymakers to destinations such as Spain, Greece Italy, uh, Egypt and Turkey. Uh, Canadian Angela Dura was in a queue to board uh, one of the planes from uh, Paris to Toronto with her husband and there was an announcement saying that the flight had been cancelled. She told the uh, BBC that everyone was stranded and currently her husband and her were uh, in a uh, dumped in a motel apparently by the airport trying to frantically scrounge together the funds to pay for another way home and uh, they were yet to find an alternative flight when the story broke. So she said that it was supposed to be a budget trip, and it looks like costing them an extra £1,700 or €2,000 to uh, complete their journey. So the UK Civil Aviation Authority has advised passengers who travelled on an outward Primera flight that they will need to make their own arrangements to return to the UK. So obviously... um, The Danish registered airline is not part of the Civil Aviation Authority's Atoll Protection Scheme, which covers only passengers booked on package holidays. Uh, So if you've paid by credit card, uh, your flight, and you've paid more than £100, you'll be able to claim compensation from the credit card company under Section 75 of the Consumer Credit Act 1974. Uh, If you've paid by debit card and paid more than £100, you could try to contact your bank and ask for about a charge back. However, to get this form of compensation, your bank would need to claw back your money from Primera, which is now insolvent. If you Uh booked through a travel agent, which is at all protected, you may be able to claim compensation via the travel agent. And if you have travel insurance, which I hope most people these days do take out travel insurance before they go on holiday, you may be able to claim uh, through your insurance company uh, if they cover insolvencies, which I think most insurance companies do cover for uh, collapses of companies. (coughs) Uh, but it's uh, sad news obviously it is now I I, I can actually say that uh, I've uh, had a little bit
2: of uh, first-hand experience of this not actually via me directly but uh, a mutual friend of of all of ours um, myself myself uh, Carlos and and Owen uh, Geordie was supposed to be flying out to New York uh, next week (laughs) with them he had it all booked now he'd already had one flight cancelled um which uh, perhaps should have been the warning, and he nearly changed to a different airline then, and I think, God bless him, I think he probably wished he had now, um, to try and get uh, out there. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, he's had a real mayor. there's no two ways about it, he's had a real mayor to <clears throat> try and get things sorted. Um, I didn't realise that was a thing, though. I thought if you, I, I thought you did get your... um Money. I thought you did get your money it has back. To be, if you it has booked to be part by of the Atoll
1: protector thing. But like I said, if you book by credit card, yeah, you're you're normally always covered by your credit card issuer. Yeah. But um, but
2: you were saying in the story there that it, because they're insolvent, you may not necessarily get your money back from the credit card issuer. I didn't I didn't know if that I didn't know that was how it. I worked. think credit
1: cards you'll be okay. I think it's it's like um, a certain that you won't get your money back from the airline. That's for sure. No. Okay. Um. But I was just looking on there. Have I, have
2: I, I misunderstood that, Nev? Have, have I, I? I
3: thought that was no, no, basically because it's not a British registered airline. You no. see, so CAA, A a. If you remember when Monarch collapsed, yep. the CA put a lot of flights in they place. They did. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they took some. Uh, Was it Qatar? I think, wasn't it? Yeah, Um, all sorts of uh, uh, aircraft are being flown out to rescue passengers. So, actually, the the repatriation bit went pretty well. Mm. Uh, But, of course, in this case, it's not a a British registered airline. So, uh, that's no. no, but
2: what, what about in regard to, to people who've got there that, and getting their money back? I mean, is the chargeback system likely to give them their money back then
3: from oh, the credit? Um, Well, I mean, uh, it depends on how decent the credit card companies are going to be, I guess, doesn't hmm. it? But yeah, that's, that's right. the only form of redress is through the, uh, the credit card company. Yeah. So quite, um, they, they may not get the, the, their full, you know, uh, flight refund or, or the cost of coming back to the UK.
1: Yeah, i just something on the other side picked up as well on the um, on Wikipedia about the airline. They um not only were they obviously they had three hundred employees, which was is a terrible shame as well in you know, in the current climate as such. People losing jobs, but also yeah. um, a big knock for Boeing was the fact that they had oh, yeah. eighteen uh, 737 Max yeah. nines on order, which were due to be uh, starting deliveries uh, from uh, to, at the end of this year, November this year, they were going to start being delivered to the airlines. So, so eighteen of those. Uh, which obviously, oh, we mustn't
2: um, uh, mustn't forget also. There's uh, uh, of course there is always that risk, and obviously with, with with Monarch going under, and I know from I think from a conversation I, I saw online recently. Of course, some people who were working for Monarch ended up over at Premier. Premier, which, Primera, Primera, yeah. sorry, Primera, yeah. as in the car, sorry. <laughs> uh, and uh, I mean, uh, well, like, you, just, you just feel so sorry for those guys because they've already been through it and now essentially they're going through it again. I mean, it's, mm. it's never good when an airline airline cla- uh, collapses. Mm. I have to say a lot of people that I've been speaking to in the industry, and I don't know if this is your, been your experience as well, Nev, a lot of people have just said that there was no way that this model uh, that they'd, they'd set themselves was ever going to
3: work. I think also trying to compete with uh, people like Norwegian as well on on similar routes, uh, it's very, very difficult. And people, you know, let's be honest, um, low-cost transatlantic fares, and I mean really low-cost transatlantic fares, um, are pretty difficult to to come by. Norwegian seem to be making it work for for the most part, for the moment. But, um, yeah, I, I think new players into the market are finding it a real problem I must
2: say. But is it because it, as I say so we use Norwegian as the example then is it because perhaps they've got more uh, basically more money behind them um you know and their model is is relatively different isn't it Cause I think they But they've got
1: quite a quite a, a big short haul uh, route as network as well right. like Norwegian so I think they Yeah but presumably
2: Premier uh, Pr- Pr- did as well. Not quite there not no. as big as Norwegian okay. no. Okay uh, but tony right.
1: Tony s makes a good point that it is a mm. very competitive market out there um
2: yeah I don't know if it's that competitive to be honest i don't know if it's that competitive in the in the sort of the uh the transatlantic thing though because they were really the first people to make it affordable even to people like me that's the thing because I mean I'd love to be able to do do you know go over to the states obviously now thanks to this this show obviously I've got lots of friends in the states that I'd love to go and see um but you know, I mean, it's sort of out of my price range now for, for the foreseeable. Guess who's in the chat room. I don't know.
3: Good morning, Rick Bell.
2: Ah, hello, Sir Rick. How are hello. you?
3: I think he's in the, the Scottish region at the moment. I think is he's he's he? He's in Scotland. <laughs> in ah. Scotland.
2: Ah, oh, hello, Rick. Okay. Yeah, so he's having iron brew for breakfast. Yes, oh, good. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway,
1: moving on to the next story, which uh, is uh, obviously an mm. awesome story for uh, for you, man. Yes,
2: indeed. Actually, before we move on to that, I should just say that that uh, friend of the show, Owen, he He's on a layover at Heathrow at the moment, and uh, I have to say he's just actually sent me this particular picture. Uh, so uh, I mean, that that is the way to, to watch the show, <laughs> I think, isn't it? <laughs> Watching it in bed, oh, it's no, so It looks We're like
1: a British screen of Death to me. Isn't no, it's, well, it's no, 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 uh, no, it's
2: all right. No, he's 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 Bluetoothing it to his TV because he couldn't get the YouTube app. To <laughs> that's, that's more
1: breakfast than I'd eat in one go. <laughs> to be fair, right? Owen's tiny.
2: Yeah, I, know, I don't know where he's going to put it all. But anyway, is it is it really hard to see? Uh, there's that. Can I see ice cream in the top there? I don't know, but I scrambled eggs. <laughs> scrambled yeah, eggs—that is quite a feast, young man. How on? Uh, where are you going to put all that exactly? <laughs> wow. So yeah, that's lucky, a lucky that's guy. I oh, no, you know, absolutely. Yeah, the top of cabin crew life, eh? I know, I know. Ah, sigh. I suppose you want me to do a news story yeah. now. So don't on, you? The, yeah. on
1: the on the sun.co.uk, <laughs> uk, this Ooh, one. Oh, is it? Oh, it's <laughs> another quality
2: newspaper oh. then? Yeah,
1: this is what yeah, yeah. we. We'll I don't know about <laughs> the story <laughs> being quality, but Everyone's okay. having their breakfast. Isn't mm-hmm.
2: Oh right. well, Owen is. Yeah, good luck. See if you can keep it down, mate. Here we go. Oh, no. I can't read that. Owen's eating his breakfast.
1: Owen, Owen, turn the speakers off quickly. Just turn
2: it off for a minute. Okay, all right. So this is on the Sun newspaper, so you know it's going to be quality. Uh, And the headline is, sick. Owen, I'm really sorry. Uh, So Bristol couple, and anyone else listening who is eating their breakfast at the moment, I apologise. Bristol couple disgusted after finding vomit on Ryanair seats, and the airline refused to clean it as it would delay the plane. Right. Okay. So, a couple from Bristol claimed they were left disgusted after they found that their seats on a Ryanair flight were covered in dry vomit. Sheila and Fred McKinney M- M- uh, were flying from Bristol, uh, flying to Bristol from their home in uh, in Alicante to see Aston Villa play Bristol City on the September the twentieth. I, I, I do love pointless. Uh, information, <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh,
3: oh, well, I wonder what the score was
2: Yes, absolutely. They've they, they neglected to, to to give us that. Perhaps they will later in the story. Uh, but when they got on the plane, they claim they found dried sick on their seats as well as their seatbelts, which they say the airline refused to clean up. The couple said that flight attendants said that they wouldn't be able to clean it up as it would delay the plane taking off. Uh, Son Stephen told Bristol Live when they got to their seats, that's what they saw. It was quite obvious someone had been sick. They asked the cabin crew for it to be cleaned, but the man said that it would delay the flight. Uh, I mean, certainly in these pictures, which I'm not going That to is up, so that minging. ...that look good. He said he continued his attitude was apparently disgruntled. The expectation seemed to be that they should just sit on it. Uh, the couple claimed that they were told that they were blocking the aisle and asked to move when they refused to sit on the vomit. <laughs> right, OK. Uh, they said that uh, there was an empty row uh, of... There, there were, they said there was... a There was an empty row of by the emergency exit. Oh, that's great grammar. Uh, With these... (laughs) But these were not offered to them. Instead, another passenger was asked to move into the free seats, and they were then given his empty slot. Okay. Uh, The trouble is... Do you know what? Sometimes... I don't know. I, I, I cannot see how somebody... I, I'm not sure I believe this story to be honest with you. First of all, because a it's in the Sun newspaper, and B I don't think any ordinary human being would have would have allowed. I, 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 I don't I don't understand. If they were really doing that, I do worry perhaps that this particular couple hadn't um, approached the situation in a in a reasonable manner. Is that fair to say? Mm. I don't know.
1: I I, I, I certainly <laughs> wouldn't be impressed if I rocked up on a because I have flown Ryanair many times. and yeah. I I would not sit in that seat. I <laughs> would not sit in that seat. No, no, no. 100%. Neither would
2: neither would I. But I'm just sort of,
1: I'm just. Uh, Rick says, please show the photos. Rick Bell in the chat room. He wants to see the fo- he wants to see how uh, lovely these seats oh, are. All right, okay, right. right. Here we go, Rick. Okay, and <laughs> close your eyes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Okay, mate. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, here we go then. So uh, this is the first one. I'm so sorry again. Obviously, this is lost on all those listening on the audio show. But anyway, there we are. Um, Right. No, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I know. Obviously, we
1: we all know that that uh, carriers like Ryanair, such as this, uh, have an incredibly tight schedule turn-around, to stick to yeah, and a turnaround times yeah. and stuff. But even so, you would expect a kind of you know.
0: Uh, only, a little bit of cleaning work. The only thing that.
2: I can think of is somebody perhaps missed this. I'm going to turn that off. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that somebody perhaps missed it, like during their turnaround checks, and yeah. like which is easily done because we know how ridiculous their their turnaround times are. So they have to, you know, they have to do it really, really quickly to to, to sort of you know meet their targets and, and, and to get the, you know because otherwise it is literally going to delay. Delay the flight. I, I get that, but you'd have thought that this is why this is why I'm suspecting that that they perhaps haven't approached it. They've gone in about a bit sort of like gun ho type thing and basically offended the guy who's in charge essentially. And it's just I, I don't know. I, there, there's a lot about this story that 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 bothers me that I, I I'm not believing if if I'm honest because uh, I I don't think anybody ever even if you've had the worst day in the office ever would make you would make anybody sit in that seat I'm sorry no okay just me. no yes yeah. it's, it's not it's not good enough anyway No, okay I mean, obviously this wouldn't happen with BA now
3: would it I mean <laughs> uh, well no of course not it's, uh... yes and speaking of BA Speaking of B8, oh, the see. next
2: story, <laughs> oh, I, see what, I see what you uh, did there, They're Very good, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the next story, actually, this, this one will be, uh, be a happy one for uh, Nick, Captain Nick, because he uh, is a fan of this particular model of aircraft.
3: Mm. Yes, it's on the com, and it says that uh, British Airways will continue to lease Air Belgium's A340s until mid-December. Initially BA leased uh, the the Air Belgium's A340 solely for its Cairo route whilst the number of its B, uh, Boeing 787s were undergoing technical checks Trent 1000. <laughs> <laughs> is that the word? Uh, is it? That's the official title. It was then extended with air Belgium's aircraft operating between London Heathrow, uh, uh, London Heathrow, and Abu Dhabi until the end of October. Uh, today, airline route reports that the A three four three hundred lease is being extended until mid December. This time, it will operate BA's London Heathrow to Dubai route, and from November the first, the A three four three hundred will be operating one of. BA's three daily flights on the Dubai service. Uh, BA's website clearly displays air belgium as the operator for the ba 105 which is heathrow to dubai and the ba 104 which is dubai back to heathrow at the time of writing it's unclear whether or not the lease will be further extended i guess it uh, suppose uh, suppose it much depends on the uh, dreamliner situation uh, one point to note though is that the air belgium's a340 300 is configured for business and economy only so no first class there Um, and uh, there's no premium economy either. Obviously, BA will be refunding the difference in fares, but some lucky travellers who have booked premium economy may find themselves upgraded to business class. One supposes much will depend on loads in the business cabin and the traveller's status with BA. Uh, Air Belgium has ambitious plans to operate a number of services between Brussels, uh, Hong Kong and mainland China. It also received approval to operate transatlantic services so it should wish uh and but it suspended uh, hong kong after only a few months and there's no indication of when it will start services to china belgian cynics say that the carrier finds it more lucrative to operate for other carriers air france and uh, Suriname airways uh, were previous customers rather from itself and that that Maybe possible as well, because you imagine how much it would cost to wet-lease an A340 full of crew. Uh, You know, Mm. it's it's seriously expensive, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. But uh, BA have no choice in the matter at the moment, because uh, many of their 787s are (laughs) out of commission.
2: Yes, they've gone tech. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially. I know know we keep referring to to said uh, engine issue. Hmm. issue. issue. Uh, But, uh, I mean, it, it does seem to be taking a really long time Time to get it all sorted. <laughs> yeah. I know there are a lot of engines affected, which I presume is what's behind it. But you'd think that you know it would be sort of all guns blazing because this must be this must be costing Rolls Royce. I mean, how a fortune, how are they not yeah.
3: bankrupt? Well, I'm sure that they are working uh, lots of night shifts to, uh, you know, to to, to uh, deal with this problem. And of course, the problem is that the backlog that they've got, and, and because it was such a popular engine, uh, it's been used on so many aircraft, uh, mainly the Dreamlines. But so, yeah, it, it's a big problem for them. I mean, I'm sure they'll get to the bottom of it and they'll they'll catch up eventually. But of course, in the meantime, they're probably having to pay a lot of compensation to uh, to the airlines for it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's quite. Uh... Interesting, actually, the fact that PA, they obviously used the three hundred and forty because it has um, a good capacity. But you, you said on the story now, but it's a three hundred a dash three hundred, so it's a slightly smaller one.
3: Mm, yeah, yes, than, than and, the, uh, um, the six hundred. Not not as powerful either, according no. to Captain, because <laughs> the dash six hundred series though so, might have might have some you know temperature or, or load. Related mm. uh, restrictions on on takeoff, for example.
1: Yeah, so moving on to the next story, and uh, this one is on forbes.com This website, and it's uh, it's one for uh, well, it's one for um, uh, Brian Coleman, actually Uh, because it's a United story and the headline is you can fly United's Boeing 787-10 Dreamliner starting from January so we look forward to a report from Brian when this happens. (laughs) So uh, although Singapore Airlines was the first airline to take the delivery of and begin flying the Boeing 787-10 Dreamliner, United Airlines is the first US airline to do so and has finally announced the timing and routes for its new aircraft. In good news for the US space flyers, the the Jets will go into service on domestic routes rather than long-haul international routes for which United tends to use its uh, other Dreamliners. Starting in Janu- on January the 7th, 2019, United will begin operating the 787-10 on certain flights from its hub at Newark uh, to Los Angeles and San Francisco. Uh, The jet will be available for uh, one flight daily between Newark and Los Angeles starting in January and two flights daily from February the 14th, 2019. Flyers between Newark and San Francisco can expect... To uh, see the planes uh, twice uh, daily from February the 14th and three times daily starting on March the 8th, 2019. Since the airline will operate 12 flights to Los Angeles and 15 to San Francisco daily, however, be sure to check the schedule and seat map of any bookings you make in order to ensure that you are on the correct aircraft. The uh, 787-10 is a stretched version of Boeing's other Dreamliners, the Dash 8 and Dash 9, and it will have 318 seats in total, 44 in business class and 21 in United's new Premium Plus and 54 in economy plus with a few inches more legroom than regular economy and 199 economy seats. The business class cabin will feature the new uh, airline's newest Polaris seats. Uh, the fully live flat seats are arranged in a dense 1-2-1 configuration so that each passenger has direct aisle access. They are also treated uh, to Saks Fifth Avenue amenity kits with cow shed spa products. Uh, speciality cocktails, I and your pardon, seasonal what? menus developed throughout the airline's <laughs> <Cow> partnership. <shit. laughs> no, you can't let that go. That's what? an interesting company, that is. <laughs> have to Google them. Yeah. Uh, the aircraft will have United's new Premium Plus seats too, which are the airline's new version of Premium Economy, and there will be just 21 of these seats on board. And they'll be located in the first three rows at the front of the economy cabin and arranged in a 232 pattern. And uh, because of that, each is closer up to 19 inches wide uh, compared to 17 inches in coach and will have 38 inches of pitch rather than the 31 to 32 inches in regular coach seats. The airline will initially sell premium plus seats like the extra legroom economy plus seats directly behind them rather than a separate product. And after a few months, however, the fares for these seats are likely to go up as United begins to sell them as a distinct separate option. It's it's safe to say it's going to be... uh, um, one of these fly- aircraft, I think there'll be a few sort of ad geeks sure. wanting to uh, to get on to and go on, but um, yeah, I definitely, I've seen the uh, Dash Ten at uh, Dubai last year at the air show, and it, uh, it's it's awesome to see. It's, you you can tell the stretch between that and the Dash Nine, but mm. um, yeah, I, I'd like to try flying United because obviously Brian raves about United all the time. Ha-ha. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he certainly talks about them a lot. I, I, I'm not sure "raving" uh,
2: is is the right perhaps, word.
1: Perhaps uh, we'll we'll wait for a report from Brian next year as to, to how good <laughs> the Dash to, 10 is. <laughs> mm. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Do, do do we know much about it? Um, and and said Dash 10. I mean, how it differs to to well, it's a, slightly
1: stretched and the Dash 9. Yeah. It's, it's the largest of the Dreamliner family. Yeah, um, and uh, it's uh, it's obviously not in actual flight actual flight well singapore airlines are going to have those i think i'm not sure i think have ba ordered some of these nev or was it the dash Hmm, right.
3: Can't remember. Certainly, dash dash nines they have. Yeah, um, don't know whether BA got uh, these. I'll have, to have a look it up, in a minute but, uh,
1: yeah. Yes. So next story there uh, for Matt is uh, well, it's the Bournemouth Echo dot <laughs> <Right>. Echo UK. <laughs> okay.
2: Wow. Um, yes. Okay. So this is on the uh, Daily Echo Gold Help Us All, uh, and it's passengers who booked alternative flights from Bournemouth Airport can't get their money back. So furious air passengers were hundreds of pounds out of pocket after Ryanair wrongly told them their flights from Bournemouth Airport had been cancelled. Oops. Pool resident Stephen Grey moved swiftly to book alternative flights after seeing the word cancelled display across his bookings to Tenerife. At the bottom of his confirmation it offered the option of a refund, so Mr Grey quickly booked flights from Bournemouth with Airline Tui. Hours later it was revealed that Ryanair had not been had, had not cancelled. Uh, the flight and a web glitch, glitch had caused the confusion. Ooh. But when Mr. Gray asked for a refund, he was told he would not get one because the flight is going ahead as planned. Mrs. Gray, his wife Lisa, uh, sorry, Mr. W- Mr. Gray, his wife Lisa and mother-in-law Barbara uh, Tight, obviously very important information, are travelling to Tenerife in November. He told the Daily Echo, "My mother-in-law has a place in Tenerife, Lucky so we no. are going ahead, uh, so that she's going ahead of us, and we're going to catch her up when we get." when we get holiday from work. Our holidays are already booked with our employers, so I thought it would be good to get in quickly with alternative flights because we can't go at any other time. I paid around 700 pounds for the flights, but uh, through what I would get back the £550 I had already paid to Ryanair to going towards the costs. Uh, This was supposed to be a cheap holiday, but it definitely hasn't turned out that way. We've now paid more than £1,200 and have two flights each in both directions. Mr. Gray, who works for Tapper Funeral Services, added, I even suggested that they give us a credit instead because we... Quite, We fly quite regularly, uh, but they weren't even going to do that. I've flown with Ryanair many times, and I have never had any problems before, but this seems very unfair. Ryanair said in a statement, this flight showed as unavailable for two hours due to a server issue, which was quickly resolved. A member of our customer team has contacted this customer to resolve the issue directly, and we apologise for any inconvenience.
1: Bit of an IT glitch there. A
2: Windows update, maybe. Yes, quite possibly. Yes, yeah. you had a Windows update. <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> I, I saw that. I saw that uh, message in the group chat that appeared uh, yesterday. You chose not to do the Windows 10 update yeah. just before your
1: disco then. <laughs>
2: Right. Okay. Is is what it was. It yeah.
1: was it was so funny because I literally set everything up and then booted the laptop up ready to start last night's yeah. gig and it had the blue screen come up with um, uh, Windows update is available. Do uh-oh. you want to proceed? God no, no, no. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> I actually I actually put. I, I don't know. Some people might have seen me me,
2: saw, me on yeah, Twitter saw that, and that. Yeah. And I just uh oh, brace yourselves, everyone. Windows ten is updating. It's uh, one of my friends actually posted on there. He's had he, he's doing rather well out of the latest set of updates. It's keeping him very busy, uh, mm. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I perhaps they've uh, done an update, and uh, yeah, I you see. The, the only thing I would say with this story is, I think perhaps where he went wrong is he should have maybe taken a screenshot or something yeah, of this to yeah, say that true. it said cancelled because. Mm. You know, the trouble is, it's essentially his word against theirs. And they're saying that it only ever showed that the flights were unavailable, not cancelled. So you've got, you know, the airline's word against theirs. And I'm sure this gentleman, uh, Mr. Gray, is completely accurate in what he's saying. In the fact that it, you know, that it did say cancelled. Because, I mean, you don't just sort of, you know. Although, I suppose, again, and this is maybe where we're showing off. I mean, I would like to think that us three would not just take it necessarily... On the research You do a, a bit, of bit of research first Before you actually then go ahead and book some extra flights Maybe, I don't know But yeah, uh, well uh, uh, sh- Shall we call it a PTUK top tip uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, Is, uh, you know, to uh, look into it a little bit further Perhaps before you go booking another flight actually, And also you Rick, know, Rick
1: Bell has, has, has got a PTUK top tip in the chat room I, I don't agree with me, with me with it myself But uh, he said this is why you should go to Mac
2: yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah the yeah, Mac. Nice there we go. Do that again, Nev. Yes, yeah, there we are. Yeah, <laughs> see, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thumbs up from Nev. here. And I, and I agree oh. with him. The only reason I'm putting up with Windows is because this marvelous software is unavailable on the Mac. I, I know they saw sense.
3: Anyway, moving on to <laughs> the <laughs> next story, <laughs> Nev.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And Can you put uh, it to line, please? Or just yeah. me hungry, actually,
3: because it's on the Business Traveller website again, and it's about BA's changes to its new Club World meal service this winter. Uh, the service was introduced in 2017 on the Heathrow to New York routes and has been gradually rolling out across the long haul route network since. Uh, the. Uh, Service saw new caterers employed on many routes and a new method of serving the food, which included a trolley service. The quality of the food was well received, but the speed of the service was a problem. Oh. Uh, this- <laughs> A review this back in two thousand and seventeen when it first appeared and pointed out how slow it was when serving a large club world cabin, despite various refinements made to both the food offering and service as well as the training involved for thousands of flight ten- attendants. The airline has now responded to feedback both from passengers and flight attendants and will remove the trolley service. Uh, the business traveller understands that the changes will be as followed. From the start of the winter schedule, which is October the 28th this year, the airline is simplifying the Club World Service by moving to hand-run delivery. Sounds what? like some sort of athletic <laughs> not it? Uh, and asking for further details, BA said that there would be priority a priority order uh, at the beginning of service, separate meal and drink order, as per the original service routine, starter order taken with main meal order, starter and dessert delivery fully hand run, special meals delivered at the same time The standard meals, removal of the service trolley, wine bowl and associated equipment. Uh, our BA spokesman said our 600 million pounds investment in Club World, including, including the new catering and the white company. Bedding is proving incredibly popular with customers and driving fantastic feedback around the quality and comfort of the experience. What I don't understand about this is it's not as though they've been doing it, they've only just started Club World, you know, business class. They (laughs) have been doing it for a few decades now. One might... How difficult could it be? One might suggest that they they are the world leader
2: when it comes to that. They essentially invented the concept of what we now know as sort of business class, which I think is fair to say.
3: Yeah, Uh, (laughs) and so they they've been doing it for for quite a while. So I don't want to get shot down in flames by Owen, who knows far more about these things than I do. But I just think they've they've overcomplicated it somewhat. Are are you a a club world person, Nev? Oh yes, where, I, where I'm allowed to? Yes, yeah. and uh, hopefully might be doing that uh, later next year as well. Oh, that would uh, be nice. Yeah, more yeah. of which. Later I must on. say, I do sure. like
1: the like, like the meal tray, the actual trolley yeah. there. That that. But I'm not.
2: I'm nice. not sure the trolley's the problem. I, this this yeah. is what this is what I'm kind of suspecting. It sounds an awful lot like an awful lot of. Well, frankly, exercise uh, Fat. To, Fat. <laughs> to, to, you know, hand, I mean, uh, you know, I like the idea of it being individually hand delivered. I mean, I suppose and in club world rather than
3: in cattle class, uh, you know, it's sort of slightly. You know, I think
1: it's, it's more more like having a, it's, it's a restaurant in the sky. It's like going well, yeah, know, yeah.
3: But and, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if if the brief was to uh, create inertia and delay, <laughs> then they have ticked the <laughs> <laughs> There is that. <laughs> yes, that's that. That, that, oh, is,
2: that is a thing. Yes, <laughs> absolutely.
1: They're obviously okay, they're obviously serving Nev here in this picture. They've got uh, got his. Um, his salmon and stuff ready on. Yes, now, his salad yes I popped and, that up uh, earlier. Champagne. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> okay. is
2: nice. you have two of those, please. Yeah. So <laughs> the next, uh,
1: the next story. And, uh, <laughs> This is awesome. This came up in oh, the news no, feeds nah. this week. <laughs> yeah. and um, Oh, we are actually covering this, are we? Yeah, we, we are. Oh. Cast, cast oh, your no. mind back. Cast your minds back. <laughs> I of, uh, am so glad Captain Al is not here. <laughs> so ca- cast your minds of, uh, back a few weeks back for when we ran the story about uh, Cathay Pacific having a slight issue with uh, their paint decals mm-hmm. on their aircraft. And... Um, well, this time it's uh, it's over this side of the uh, pond as such. Yes. Thomas Cook paint gaff, and this is on the news.com.au website, and uh, Thomas Cook paint gaff leaves plane displaying very rude message along its side. <laughs> so Thomas Cook has suffered a massive paint job file on its aircraft with a rather obscene-looking sentence spelled out on its livery. The new designs on the planes read... I love Cook's Club.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, this, we'll just leave it
1: there, shall we? <laughs> but this looks like something very different when the aircraft's plane doors door is opened open. up. Yes, indeed. Uh, the uh, it, This is because the second O looks like a C once a door has changed position.
4: Yes. Cook's Club uh, yes. is the British if Airlines'
1: <laughs> new millennial focused hotel brand offering zen vibes and amazing cocktails, according to its official webpage. If you're watching on YouTube. There we go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> For those of you in, in the YouTube land, you Keep can see... Keep going, Carlos.
2: Pretend it's not anyway, happening. Keep going.
1: Uh, News Hub <laughs> revealed the plane with the embarrassing problem had been spotted on the tarmac by a passenger. It uh, is overlaid with the words, move over Cathay Pacific, another paint job gone wrong. Yeah. The image has been verified to be true, as a similar photo was previously taken of the aircraft with an awkward mistake on the inside an aircraft hangar. Uh, Thomas Cook told Sun Online, and it goes without saying, it's an accident but it's one way to highlight where the emergency exit <laughs> is. Wow. Now, that is a positive spin, isn't it? Obviously, this <laughs> comes after a few weeks after Cathay had a similar nightmare with their paint job. Uh, they had a uh, Hong Kong-based Carriers triple uh, seven, sorry, uh, 300, uh, read Cathay Pacific yeah. uh, with the word pacific spelled wrong.
2: I, I, I think it was i think it was ben uh in in australia who i think is i, I think for me had the, the the tweet of the the year actually where it was basically um uh cathay pacific and then underneath it said uh we've had a bit of a paint job faux pas and then underneath it said um <laughs> it's it, it said um uh, thomas cook hold my beer uh, it's just like it's just like. I, I think they're just trying to outdo them. I think uh, you know, going back to what we were saying with the Cathay Pacific thing, you know, it was fabulous PR, and, and I think they've decided that they're going to have a go at it too.
1: <laughs> yeah, So for those of you watching the the YouTube oh feed, I hope you enjoyed that picture because it, it is rather. What do you think of this, Nev? Right? <laughs>
3: yeah it's inevitable isn't it and i've seen one or two uh, other <laughs> uh, uh, i must try and look them up actually was we'll it? it on another show i'm sure there's two or three others there, there was the, an alex uh, salmon one wasn't there was, was it was alex... difficulties
2: yes yeah right. there, there, i think it was alex salmon and a train door wasn't it which which was yeah. uh which did the rounds yeah. and uh, yeah absolutely oh, yeah dear. we should start cataloging these things i think oh. you're right yes <laughs>
1: So, moving on to the next story, and Matt, this one is for you. Indeed, yes. So, this is on
2: the airport business website. And the headline is, final preparations underway for opening of Istanbul's new airport. Mm. So, uh, the official opening of the Istanbul new airport is scheduled to take place on the 29th of October. The first phase of the new mega hub includes two runways, a terminal, and an annual passenger capacity of 90 million Wow, here we go. So technology advanced, architecturally breathtaking and constructed in just three and a half years. And an ad blocker thingy. Sorry, <laughs> that was going so well. Istanbul's new airport will be the biggest air travel hub in Europe with an ultimate annual capacity of 200 million passengers. On the 29th of October, which marks the 95th anniversary of the Republic of Turkey, that will be the biggest airport in the world, built from scratch, is due to open with a spectacular ceremony. Just two days after, Turkey's flag carrier, Turkish Airlines, will make the, will make the first passenger flight from Istanbul new airport. Uh, the first overseas flights will be to the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus and Azerbaijan. Travelling as part of the ORAT, the the Operational Readiness and Airport Transfer process, is well underway. The ORAT process at Istanbul's new airport started in 2016 in consultancy with... is it Incheon International Airport, Incheon, Incheon uh, yeah. International Airport Corporation, and Copenhagen Airports, aiming to evaluate the general readiness of facilities, systems, procedures, equipment, and trained operations personnel. These trials have also allowed the participants, who are the end users of Istanbul's new airport, to simul- simulate their processes under real operational conditions before the launch. A transfer to an airport that will reflect Turkey's strength and potential for growth. And turn a new page in aviation history will take place, uh, says the CEO General Manager of IGA. We have finished all preparations for the transfer to Istanbul's new airport. Uh, We have especially made significant progress in the operational preparation part, which is the first stage of ORAT. We'll carry out these three major trials in the coming month. We are working on scenarios based on 105 different subjects an event, uh, the transfer to Istanbul New Airport. Uh, is this the actual new name? Are they literally calling it Istanbul New Airport, or are they just not giving it a name yet? I think <laughs> it's
1: um, I think it's Agir Airport. Right. Okay. It's Sorry,
2: so they just keep saying transfer to Istanbul New Airport. They don't, they don't actually sort of like name it at any point. Carlos will look it up while I finish. Uh, So anyway, uh, it'll be the biggest ever airport transfer in the world. There have been no airports transferred further than 45 kilometres in the world. So, since 2006, we've been meticulously carrying out our works regarding the transfer to Istanbul new airport. At this point, we have finished the training of airlines, uh, particularly Turkish Airlines, ground services and other stakeholders, all in order to ensure their orientation to the airport in their operation preparation uh, is underway. So... (laughs) Obviously, it'll work absolutely beautifully in practice. And then as soon as everyone arrives, uh, there'll be some kind of IT glitch and it will all go horribly wrong. It is actually, <laughs> they,
1: they do actually sound uh, on the website, it's Istanbul New Airport. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's really imaginative. Um, and uh, the I come IC- on. They, they, actually- they,
2: they must have a you know, No, they- no, it's.
1: A, I mean, they've, they've got an I. They've got the the ICAO code uh, sorted out, which is uh, uh, LTFM or Lima Tango Foxtrot Mike, which is the okay. ICAO code, just for you pilots out there of this. But uh, it's a massive, massive airport. I mean, the, the yeah. pictures. If you Google the uh, Istanbul's new airport online, this airport is huge because uh, uh, I didn't realise, but the actual the the airport that they use currently. Uh, in Turkey, um, is the fifth busi- fifth busiest airport in Europe. Is it? Which uh, yeah, is is quite quite an achievement. It's I think. Pretty incredible. But, um, it,
2: I mean, it, 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 well, especially with the sunset in the picture. I mean, obviously this is a promo shot, but uh, uh, with the sunset, I mean, it does look spectacular, doesn't it? It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Indeed, one to try nev i think uh, <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> yeah Very so yeah. the uh next story nev uh it's uh it's another ba one for you
3: it is and uh it's interesting actually this is on the business com because it says that ba marks the 60th anniversary of the first jet engine flight across the atlantic somehow seems longer than that doesn't it but it does yeah a- only 60 years. And um, as a lead up to its 100 year anniversary next year, BA is marking the 60th anniversary of its first flight using a turbojet engine aircraft from Europe to New York. The jet flight reduced the 18 hour trip from London to New York to seven hours. On October the 4th, 1958, the airline flew, flew two de Havilland Comet 4 aircraft, one from New York to London and the other from London to New York. The airline hosted special anniversary events at its headquarters to celebrate the event. One of its original cabin crew members, Peggy Thorne, 91, who had joined BOAC in 1950 and was handpicked to serve customers on the first flight, was at the event. It was marvellous, she said. We, used to, uh, we were used to driving to New York on Boeing Stratocruisers, which took up to 20 hours. We couldn't believe the flight was possible in such a short time." It was so exciting to be the first. Absolutely wonderful. There they they were all sorts of dignitaries on board, press, and the chairman of BOAC. It was a thrilling experience. We served customers Madeira biscuits and coffee uh, when they came on board, followed by cocktails and canapes, <laughs> as, as, <laughs> as they say in East Anglia. Of course, yes. Um, Fair uh, and, and the, uh, cannabis, actually. Uh, and then a five-course <laughs> lunch with wines. Petit Four followed. And there was afternoon tea. Our customers loved it. They ate and drank from when they got on board until the time they got off. Sounds like a Ryanair flight, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I thought you said cannabis
2: there for a minute. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I laughed. <laughs> they, were, they were
3: flying on some new gears. So. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Captain Hugh Dibley as a former Comet 4 navigator was also at the event he said the Comet 4 was delivered to BOAC on the 30th of September and flew across the Atlantic on the 4th of October which was quite a surprise to some people not least because it was so fast the Comet 4 was a firm favourite with pilots and it was nice to fly and the design meant it was quite easy to make smooth landings it had a great passenger appeal due to its beautiful appearance and takeoff performance. BOAC beats U.S. airline Pan Am, which had been promising that it would be the first airline to do this. In 1958, the Comet Four carried 48 customers every day from London in two cabins, uh, deluxe and first class. A ticket cost the equivalent of 8,000 pounds today. Wow! So uh, it's always <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So we're flying, or they were flying, 48 customers uh mm. every day and uh and now you know on the seven fours and the a380s it's 400 to 550 people isn't it absolutely incredible
1: but it's yeah. uh, the comet is awesome uh, we oh. saw one of these uh didn't we never at uh, bruntingthorpe yeah. they had uh, one of these doing the uh, the fast taxi run yeah. uh, the comet
2: there. Uh, tony Ace in the chat room has said yeah it's just such a shame they kept crashing uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it yes, there was a slight. Uh, they design. had a little teething problem
1: with the yeah. comet. Yeah, when yeah. Uh, unfortunately, due, and that was due to uh, the shape of the windows, wasn't it, Nev? Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They um, they opted for square windows when they first uh, designed right. and built the comet, which obviously square windows have uh, very sharp right angles, yeah. which uh, doesn't help when the aircraft's pressurised uh, time and time again. So that led to. Uh, fatigue cracks oh, appearing okay. from the corners, right. um, which obviously then they designed and uh, changed the design to uh, to the kind of oval windows, which is uh, which is common on now place more now.
2: commonplace now. Yeah, absolutely. Who'd have thought such a simple change could make such a <laughs> yeah. difference to the way? That
1: was a <laughs> it's very very big investigation that and sort of in uh, yeah. you know the stuff. And, they oh, have and, he,
2: and uh, Tony's added that and the
1: wings stalled on takeoff. What does that mean? Somebody explain that. Airflow crow over the wings. I didn't know that one actually, Tony. That's a new one for me. Yeah, I'll have to. See, this, is why, this is why this is why our listeners are amazing. Room, yeah, this is
2: why our listeners are
1: amazing. So next story is on the EU.usa today.com. Website. I beg your pardon? It's <laughs> yeah, a big mouthful there. <laughs> and uh, this one is uh, all about these emotional support animals. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, Spirit Airlines is joining other carriers in tightening its policies on emotional support animals. So for these of you wanting to take your uh, donkey or horse or giraffe. Uh, right, okay. So the discount airline, new rules which go into effect on October the 15th require passengers to provide at least 48 hours notice if they're bringing an emotional support animal or a a psychiatric service animal on a flight and requires more documentation. Uh Travellers will now have to submit three forms compared with one form currently. uh, The forms, certification from a licensed mental health professional treating the passenger for a mental health-related disability, certification from a licensed veterinarian, and a liability form that states, among other things, that passengers uh, take full responsibility for the safety and well-being and comfort of the animal, including animals' interactions with other animals or individuals. Until now, Spirit has only required passengers to bring in an emotional support animal on board to provide a letter from a licensed mental health professional uh, to an airport agent on the day of travel. The new policy posted on Spirit's website says passengers who simply show up at the airport with their documents, as they have in the past, risk not being able to board their flight uh, if these forms are not submitted at least 48 hours per, uh, prior to your flight uh, while we will do our best to review and approve them we cannot guarantee travel with your animal the airline says Airlines have began tightening the rules on emotional support animals this year due to a surge in the number of animals being brought onto planes, uh, some to avoid pet fees, uh, critics uh, allege, and the lack of federal regulation. <laughs> Nev. <laughs> I just looked up there. Nev's got his emotional support. Yes. Um, uh, Wake well, yeah. Podcast assistant. Cats, yeah, yes. absolutely. It's a, uh, it's, a,
2: it's, a, it's a tough show to get through if you don't have some kind of animal support, I, I know. think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Delta <laughs> Airlines was the first major airline to revise its policy when it announced new rules in January, and the airline started the trend of requiring 48 hours advance notice and more documentation about the nece- uh, necessity of animals. Uh, United Airlines changed its rules in February, uh, followed by American Airlines in May, and Southwest Airlines changed their policy in September as well this year. And, uh, well, it, do you know, I'd, I'd love to see Alfie. Yeah, uh, you know, I'd love to see you take Alfie on board a flight. <laughs> oh, my you know. God, he'd
2: have a meltdown. He, he, would be would a complete, d- he would be a cowering wreck, bless him, because he, he wets himself when the door goes. I mean, he, he's going to be no <sighs> to man nor beast. Actually, I was just reading through the chat. Right there, so that's why I was like, the f- first thing R- Richard uh, Sorry, Richard Bell went, <laughs> Rick went, oh, no, abort, abort, which is never a good start. It's just like, uh, Neil Lamourne likes your idea of a psychic service animal would be much better. Than than the you know your your little slip yeah, up psychic service absolutely Auntie Liza suggested that a, a drink fetching animal uh, would be the way forward. Oh, and then mm. chipped in saying that is the cabin crew. I'm afraid, dear. Uh, <laughs> which is emotional. Money. I, it, I yeah, always it, I absolutely. find the stories amusing with these yeah.
1: emotional support um, animals of various <laughs> sort of shapes and sizes. Uh,
2: to, to, Tony's asking if if you're uh, if if you're I can't even get it. Uh, if, if your uh, meerkat has been stuffed with a microphone, Nev, which would probably be more yes, your has <laughs> got
3: an unusual expression on his face. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. Oh, dear. Yes. Oh, dear. They, oh, 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 we're on to meerkat muffs now.
1: I think we should move on. <laughs> anyway... Um, so yeah. moving on to the next story. And I know <laughs> I know the next story, Matt has been absolutely absolutely potty about reading this next story. He's been on about it all morning. Well,
2: you're in luck because I haven't even looked at it. So here we go. Oh, uh, I'll get a shock here. <laughs> so it's Fox News, which is always a good start. Uh, this is it, fake news, fake news. So the airline passenger allegedly allows Charles to use potty in planes <laughs> aisle. Oh, my God, there's an actual video. Right. Okay. Uh, Well, that's one way to avoid the line for the restroom. An airline passenger was reportedly spotted, allowing her toddler to use... A portable potty in the Isle of the plane, and then become defiant when she was told to stop. An Instagram account called Passenger Shaming first shared the photo of the alleged incident earlier this week, along with a short recap of the odd occurrence as relayed by an anonymous traveller. Parent brings pot- own potty say, seat on board, sets, sits sets it in the aisle to have child use. In front of everyone, the caption of the photo reads, when discovered by Crewe, uh was advised she couldn't do this and would need to utilise the, occup- the unoccupied lavatory and her reply, I don't give a bleep bleep. Uh, <laughs> the caption also noted that the picture was not meant to shame or identify the child in any way, but to let followers know <laughs> this kind of literal bleep is happening out here, folks. The destination or origin of the flight, or even the airline, were not disclosed in the post. Now, come on, you lot are quite clever. You must be able to identify the to airline look, yeah. based on those on that photo, surely? I know what you lot are like. Uh, so, uh, passenger shaming's post has since generated more than 8,000 likes and 1,100 comments, with critics calling <laughs> the woman's uh, actions vile and suggesting that she needs to be banned from airline travel. Um nobody else uh, should have to smell wheat or poo in a compact space like that it 's vile. a commentator wrote, although apparently you can fly on Ryanair and enjoy sick, but anyway, there we are <laughs> Just, like, i i don't know i 've got i suppose if if the toilet had been occupied, I could kind of understand it because if you have got a small child who is you know essentially potty training and that kind of thing, I kind of get that um
1: it's definitely a first for me. I've never seen, yeah, seen a absolutely. story like this before.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I certainly get that the kid will want to to go. You know, and if you are, you know, they won't understand the concept of waiting and stuff. But it does seem very odd. You know, if it were me, I would have perhaps taken the child and said potty because it might be that you know, they, the, wouldn't, to, they wouldn't understand obviously that they've got to go there
1: yet. But they, in in their in their defence, if I, if they tried that, you and me both know. We all know yeah, how yeah. small. Oh and God, bijou- yeah. These yeah, aircraft. Absolutely. T- yeah, exhaust. and you'd
2: certainly struggle to get the child and you. But then, yeah. having said that, other people do do it. So, I but don't, then I don't if know. that I was me, would,
1: I would, I would kind of go to the back of the aircraft, somewhere a little more discreet, discreet than in the yeah, aisle. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, maybe
3: where they prepare the food, possibly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, brilliant yeah.
2: idea, though Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right, yes. the flight I see the flaw in our argument there, Nev. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, take, take the child on the
1: flight deck. That's a bit of experience <laughs> for the child, then. Uh, yeah, you something know, like that. Yeah, you've got I'm to inspire not- the young <laughs> young generation, uh, even when they are on the potty.
2: Wh- whilst having a... Right, OK. Anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's
1: this week's show title <laughs> sorted, anyway. Uh, <sighs> <yeah>. So, <laughs> moving on to the last story. <laughs> and, uh, Nev, it's uh, a bit of a tech story for you this week
3: is and a slightly more serious story oh okay right sorry everyone concentrate Uh, it's on the cnn website it's all about uh, in-flight wi-fi and it says that plush seats and gourmet meals are all very well but when it comes to jetting around the world many of us have just three questions is there wi-fi where can i plug this in and what movies have you got (laughs) which is probably true actually yeah yeah i'll give you that (laughs) Um, yeah A new travel report by Southeast Asian technology company Traveloka on the world's most tech-friendly airlines helps find the answers. Traveloka has analysed the top 50 airlines from the Skytrax World Airline Awards 2018, Uh, the industry's creme de la creme, and compared them in terms of Wi-Fi speed and cost, power outlet availability, in-flight entertainment, and access to text messaging and phone calls. uh, Qatar Airways, Qatar's flag carrier and the number two airline in the world, according to, to Skystrike, tops the travel list. Uh, staying connected is a key part of traveling says caesar indra senior vice president of business development at, at travel Locker in a statement for many of us hours spent in the sky without an internet connection can feel like losing a limb qatar responded to customer demand by launching its super wi-fi service earlier this year with speeds that can top 50 megabits per second although average speeds are still around eight according to travel Locker's report Passengers are often their first. Sorry, passengers are offered their first hour of high-speed broadband access for free, but can purchase unlimited usage for the rest of the flight for ten dollars. Emirates is another uh, Middle Eastern airline, and second place, uh, thanks to the excellent in-flight entertainment packages, which includes three thousand five hundred channels of movies. TV shows, music, and games, including live TV from CNN International, CNBC, BBC World News, and Sport 24. Hmm. Emirates also provides 20 uh, megabytes of free Wi-Fi to be used within two hours. I'm sorry, what? 20 megabytes? Yes.
2: Um, So so two-zero megabytes.
3: That's not going to go very far, is it? I don't think. No. Uh, Okay. All right. I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you might be able to look at Facebook for about a minute. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. so far all the ones I've experienced, at least uh, which has been on BA, some of the the Wi-Fi. No, it was not on uh, United, was it? Yeah, sorry, right, it was on United. Yeah, it was all a bit slow and uh, a bit expensive. I mean, barely usable. I, w- I would say. But, I mean, uh, I... there's some interesting uh, stats coming up here, though, isn't there? Yeah, go on, go on, far, I mean, far I, away I... with some stats. Oh well. Um, uh, it's, uh, I didn't I know it was the, the BA uh, one, actually. Uh, while it uh, trails way down at number 37 in the world's best okay. airline rankings... Delta Airlines shoots all the way to third place when it comes to tech-friendly ranking. The U.S. airline scores highly in connectivity, offering the mobile messaging via WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, and iMessage, okay. as well as all-day Wi-Fi passes from sixteen dollars. Uh, the airline recently rolled out new seatback screens as well, something many other airlines are now removing.
2: I mean, I must say, because I flew United um, out to Pittsburgh, didn't I, and uh, and. That- They did have onboard Wi-Fi, and I must say it was really quite nice. You could never watch a video or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but it was quite nice to just sort of sit there and sort of, ping pictures I think I sent you a picture didn't I and and I sent some pictures to friends at home and things like that it was nice to be able to just sort of do a bit of whatsapping while you're in there there's something something weirdly cool about doing it while you're (laughs) up in the air isn't there but uh, I mean I suppose it does uh, you know ignite the debate that it's one of the few opportunities some people get to switch off maybe Uh, and so perhaps it should only be available to those who are in the business class perhaps because a they get a better connection and and, B, they could literally sit there and do their work while they're sort of jetting off to the next meeting or whatever. It's nice so to I see,
1: actually, Nev, that BA come in fourth place with uh, Wi-Fi speeds averaging 20 megabytes per second.
3: Yeah, I was quite surprised at that, actually. So yeah. um, uh, I'll have to give that a go Yes, next uh, year sometime, yeah. yeah Is way that, way, would sure. that be down
1: or up? That would be down. That,
2: well, I, I down. would imagine it's probably uh, yeah. both ways, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, mm-hmm. well, well, I don't know. It depends on what system they're using, doesn't it, mm-hmm. uh, as to how that it's a lot easier to receive uh, data, isn't it? It's just sending it back. Back. That's the the challenge.
0: Indeed.
1: So that was the last story in the commercial news segment
3: for this week. So, uh, what's coming up next, Dev? Yeah, remember our little trip over to Farnborough earlier in the year when it was nice and sunny and oh, warm. back in the day. Um, <laughs> seems a distant memory, doesn't it? But yes. we've still got a few more um, interviews to play out from there. And uh, up next, it's the interview that Carlos did with um, Philip Davis. Fabian, Captain L, and first of all, it's Graham Haley.
1: So look who we've met up here with at uh, Farnborough then. Welcome, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, 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 Yeah, yeah, good, good. So uh, what are you looking forward to today then, Graham?
5: Oh, some more flying displays after REAC last week and hopefully not too many photos to edit by the end of the day.
1: Oh, okay. Well, was React quite a photo intense? Mm, just
5: a little bit. I'm about halfway through one of the days so far after a week, <laughs>
1: so we'll try. So, How do you think Riyadh uh, compares to, to Farnborough?
5: Uh, opposite ends of the spectrum somewhat yeah. in terms of military and commercial. Um, and this is a lot more of a trade show, but Riyadh was incredible for flying displays, so I'm setting my expectations a little bit lower for it.
1: So we you, um, you nice start to see
5: uh, It'll be nice to see the 350 and stuff yeah. flying around here, doing something a little bit more interesting than what we see at Heathrow, because... As long as things are going well, it's normally uh, fairly serene and simple there.
1: So what do you think of this high-fly 380 behind us in? It's
5: It's a hell of a paint job, isn't it? <laughs> uh, rivals the Canadian F- uh, F18 even of last week. Uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll uh, get on it later and have a look around because yeah. I haven't been in one yet and I doubt I will be for a while. So, oh, it'd okay. be a so nice to see a 380 inside. More importantly, how's the,
1: uh, how's the job going?
5: Yeah, it's interesting. It's good. Yeah, still waiting for a sim course in uh, just over a month now, so looking forward to a week off before that and uh, just enjoying my time before things get very busy.
4: Can I just ask an air trafficker a comment, or a question rather, about liveries? Uh Um, Because obviously this aircraft is sporting a lovely livery and I have to say it's very pretty. I'm quite... Enamoured by it, but what problems do specialist liveries cause you as air traffic controllers?
5: Uh, not because you can hardly say many. follow the
4: high fly, can you? Because no one's going to know what it is.
5: For this one, we'd probably say follow the bright blue 380 <laughs> yeah. ahead of you. <laughs> but um, yeah, German wings, Euro wings, we get a lot of one flying the other. Um, we yeah. just note on the strip, yeah, GWI. If some German are being, wings, yeah, I livery. mean,
4: Lufthansa core sign covers a multitude yeah. of aircraft operators. And, of course, I know some operators put in the remarks on the, on the flight plan operated by or in yeah. XYZ livery, but obviously you don't have the ability to read the entire flight plan on the strip, so to you it's Lufthansa, and looking at it, it's not a Lufthansa.
5: Yeah, so part of the job of the ground controllers is to look out the window and go, that's not the livery it should be, and note it for... Yeah. The air controller for when they're trying to line stuff up behind it. Um, some of the nicer pilots will put on A-cars when they send it through, we're in this livery, or when they initially call up at delivery, they'll say that uh, operating in such and such colours, and we'll just note it down there and it saves the ground controller uh, an extra step. And can you
4: see a day when there's a Walls Ice Cream liveried aeroplane?
5: <laughs> I don't know, Al. How much money have you got in the bank?
4: <laughs> Not as much as Wall's ice cream, You're I You're repainting suspect. the PA-28, so.
1: <laughs>
4: Well, uh, yeah, I'll happily uh, put it in any livery if anybody's interested.
1: I was going to say, one, the airline you fly for, well, has a quite distinct livery, doesn't it, as well? Quite bright standout. It does, although uh, because some
4: of the aircraft are nearly two years old, um, there's the old livery and the new livery, um, and, of course, that certain anomalies because on some of the aircraft they should have a, a white radome and on some of them they should have a pink and sometimes you'll find a pink one on a white one and so forth so you do get some interesting sort of match and match combinations um, but as it stands at the moment yeah um, it's quite a striking
1: livery and I, I actually think it's, it's quite recognisable so we've got uh, quite a lot to get through today aircraft wise yeah, uh, any particular aircraft you're looking forward to seeing in flight today
5: uh the 350 definitely uh I haven't looked too much at what else is on the spanish uh, harrier is going to be interesting because it's got to be six or seven years since i last saw a harrier flying um so it'll be nice to see a hover display out of that hopefully
1: great right, well thanks for joining us it's great Thank to you. see you as always and obviously good luck with the uh, job and everything yeah. and uh well, I look forward to maybe hearing you on the, uh, on the radio at some point uh, whilst I'm listening, tuning in to... Uh, maybe, the, uh, maybe. Airwaves. We'll talk to
5: those Air Malta flights occasionally.
1: <laughs> good to hear. So uh, we have also got Fabian. Hi there. How are you, Fabian? Good, are you do Yeah, very well, very well. Enjoying the, uh, the UK summer. Yeah, it's a good day and nice weather today. I really enjoyed it. So, Fabian, you've, uh, you've been to Farnborough a few times now, haven't you, uh, over the years? No, that's my first time. Your first time? Yes, it is. Oh,
5: OK.
4: Just
1: uh, the last two days I was here, yeah, and today. So any particular aircraft you're looking forward to seeing uh, today on the show? Um, I think of what's here today, I saw uh, everything the last few days. So um, just nice hanging around, seeing the air show, meeting good people. Yeah. I, I have geeks everywhere. Yes, that's true. And it's always fun conversation going on. And there is uh, a, 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 well, a, a kind of word going around that there possibly may be a, a captain jeff and a captain nick somewhere around here i haven't seen them yet i saw them tuesday thursday
3: but not yet today
1: and there's, there's yet more there's more people turning up this is amazing it, i tell you it's a massive group family uh get together so philip <laughs> how are you yeah fine thank you, are you? yes very well very You're well good. and uh well, you've, you've made the trek here today. How far yeah. was it for you uh, to uh, get here today?
5: 165 miles. Is that all? That's all.
1: Yeah, not that oh. far. OK, OK. <laughs> nearly as far as me. Yeah, nearly. Nearly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Philip, uh, what are you looking forward to today?
5: Uh, hopefully going on that thing behind us. Well, the so High Fly 380. 380, yeah. I'd love to go on there again. Went on there last time, but not been on one with seats in yet. So, uh, that's my thing, airliners, and that's that's the beast, isn't it? Because
1: so. you know that's uh, ex-Singapore Airlines <laughs> Yep, Yeah, right? that's
5: right, yeah. SKD.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Philip, you've obviously, um, you know, you've settled in here today. The weather's fantastic. Yep, it certainly is. and certainly uh, And all the family of, uh, of aviation geeks are here. That's right. And uh, are you looking forward to uh, to you know having a good? Are you here for a few days or no? Just,
5: just today. I'm back home. Just today. Tonight.
1: So. Oh, Twenty-two
5: no. hour day sure it'll be worth it and it meeting is everybody it. is the best part of it so yeah, that's very that's true very great true so yeah i no, looking forward to a great day so well thanks for joining us okay, Bill. thank
1: you thank love you. It to See you
0: see find this and other great shows at the aviation media network
1: the voices in your head.com
2: Website www.plaintalkinguk.com. or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash UK. On Twitter via at Plaintalking UK or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Thanks, Thanks for listening. listening. flyby
5: 5823 Trent Dane for 23R Manchester. With Air 6 x Climb Flight Level 210. Direct to Bretman's Park. United, one, two, three, maintain
1: two, eight, zero knots.
0: London two DME, turn right onto Bravo, link. Do one, join Alpha, hold at Mora. Speedbird, 472, LOC, slash DME, approach runway 27 left. Follow the green stand, 544. That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me. Well, now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing-licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience, or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check. Out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com, or call on 020-300-40-616. NP Simulations, fly your dreams.
1: Yeah, you know, I was just saying to Matt during the uh, during that uh, playback there, Nev, that you know it's we're in October now we just got mm. so much content from Farnborough uh, yeah while we're we have for the weekend. and
3: uh, we've got one more to play out uh, next week and then that's about it and that'll uh, be but, it yeah uh, no really enjoyed uh, speaking to everybody down there as well it was great yeah and we
1: also yeah. met Rick Bell there
3: didn't we as well at Farnborough yeah that was that was which a surprise which is awesome <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was indeed.
1: a good surprise yeah yeah,
3: yeah. So moving
1: on to the next part of the show, then we've got some military news to uh, to bring you. And they're quite an exciting story for the first one, actually, I think. Okay. So if everyone's ready.
2: Uh, yes, yes, yes. Let's go. Yes, here we go.
1: Note to self, check audio levels before I did you tell you before we start the show. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't Never know. mind, anyway. Nobody anyway, notices. Nobody notices in yeah, post. Yeah. yeah. So, the uh, first story is on the Royal Air Forces uh, uh, RAF.mod.uk site, and it's good news for uh, for the UK because uh, finally we've started to, uh, to get. Our uh, F 35s onto our latest uh, warship, the HMS Queen Elizabeth. So, the F 35 Lightning Jets have conducted their first night flying trials <laughs> of the uh, UK's largest warship, HMS Queen Elizabeth. The aircraft carrier which uh, first landed F-35 Lightning jets on board last week is currently conducting flight testing off the coast of the United States. Uh, There's some pictures as well actually which Matt is now going to put up which are awesome. The pictures uh, show how the nighttime trials which uh, up until now have only been tested in simulators or on the ground were carried out using state of the art night vision technology uh, with the pilots and aircraft handlers successfully guiding the supersonic fighter jets onto the flight decks. Some trials were also carried out without night vision technology to ensure the jet's capability in any eventuality. So, uh, and uh, it says here that Andrew Mack, uh, the chief flight test engineer for the integrated test force, the organizer responsible for analyzing the flight's Uh, trial said that uh, in daytime there are cues that tell the pilot's brain what the relative motion is between the aircraft and the ship at night especially when very dark all those cues go away and you become dependent on exactly what the lights are and what the sight of those lights look like it's something you can't translate in your mind ahead of time you don't know until you see so pilots initially flew in using only ambient light and those lights on the carrier's deck before later conducting landings using the night vision capabilities of their helmets. HMS Queen Elizabeth has been kitted out with specially designed LED lighting on the flight deck to aid at nighttime landings. Royal Navy Commander Nathan Gray, the Royal Air Force Squadron leader, Andy Eggle, were the first pilots to make history by landing their aircraft on the flight deck of the carrier on September the 25th this year. HMS Queen Elizabeth left her home port in Portsmouth in August, crossing the Atlantic to conduct a flight trials as well as uh, training with the U.S. Navy. And there's some pretty awesome, I mean, them pictures are uh, quite good, I think, uh, um... There's a few of the photographers who watch the show, Dan, and obviously Mr. Warner will uh, appreciate these uh, photos if you're watching on the YouTube stream of these. But it's good news, at least we now finally do have yeah. aircraft on our aircraft carrier.
2: Very, very exciting, yes, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, the very fact that we have an aircraft carrier, because they re- <laughs> retired yeah, them really, like, no. before they were ready... Um, is is uh, frankly great news. It's a
1: bit. It's a bit like the the uh, Sea Harrier and that that uh, we retired all those years ago <laughs> yes. because you know we we thought they were naff and that, that they were useless and we didn't want them anymore. And yeah. the Spanish uh, the Spanish Navy have been using them without without and and them. Yeah, for for the all these years. Yeah. I know. But uh, what do you think of these pictures, Nev? Pretty pretty good, awesome. aren't they? Really nice, fantastic,
3: yeah. aren't they? Very very yeah. nice indeed. No, it's good but, to see they're doing well.
1: There's something rather nice about
2: nighttime photos that have been just lit perfectly, isn't yeah. there? You know, I mean, really,
1: they're very dark photographs, but they just oh, they're, just that jet wash yeah. coming down the uh, from the thrust from the engines there on that yeah, uh, picture is really good. Love it. Yeah. Uh, next story, uh, and uh, it's a it's a really serious story because obviously there are there's you know some, some quite nasty things going on in the world at the moment yeah. over in Indonesia. But um, yes,
2: yeah. so uh, this is on the Royal Air Force. Uh, website. It's in the RAF News section and it says UK Aid Rise Vital Relief lands in Indonesia. So an aircraft carrier has successfully delivered 17.5 tonnes of UK aid supplies for those affected by the devastating earthquake and tsunami that struck Indonesia. Uh, the A400M Atlas touched down at the International Relief Centre, which is the humanitarian operational hub for the affected region at 13.02 local time. Uh, On board were 1,280 much-needed shelter kits and 288 hygiene kits as part of the £3 million pledged by the Department for International Development, the DFID, uh, to the relief effort. The aircraft was also carrying three tonnes of Indonesian supplies. Uh, in addition to the 17.5 tonnes of UK aid. A DFID aid flight also departed uh, for the same region in Indonesia from the UK last night, carrying vital supplies to support the earthquake and tsunami efforts. Uh, the UK aid package includes much-needed air cargo handling equipment. This includes a forklift truck and conveyor belt that will rapidly increase the rate that humanitarian aid can be transferred off-flights and distributed to affected communities. Other uh, equipment include uh, transport trucks and a lighting tower Generator. This will speed up the delivery of aid to those that need it most by facilitating a greater turnaround of aid-carrying flights uh, to said airport. The UK has responded to information from the Indonesian uh, government about the needs of the residents. There is a DFID team of humanitarian experts in Indonesia coordinating the response. In, uh, the response, sorry. in addition, the UK government has also announced it will match pound for pound the first Two million pounds raised by generous British public, by the generous British public to the Indonesia tsunami appeal launched yesterday by the Disasters Emergency Committee. I mean, it's just—I mean, it's an awful story, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. And so, I mean, we've all seen the pictures uh, in in the news uh, about, um, you know, the the incident. It's just—it's uh, it, well, I mean, tsunamis are just brutal, aren't they? There's no two ways mm. about it. It it's
3: put it all into perspective when, you know, you, you see those pictures on television and then, you know, we're, we're reading stories and, and we experience things about, uh, you know, the, the caviar being a bit late yes, on, on the club on PA, service. Yeah. You know, it, it really does put everything in, into perspective, does yeah, not it? Yeah, absolutely. all people have been through uh, so much. Absolutely terrible. People yeah.
2: need to chill out a bit more, I think, don't they, when you read sort of stuff like this. But it's, it's
1: good that, it's good that, you know, we, we do have the ability here in, in the UK with the Royal Air Force, you know, yeah, and and obviously having the the Airbus A four hundred M Atlas, which yeah. we've all seen at the air shows, yeah, it does absolutely. prove itself to be an incredibly great transport aircraft yeah. um, to to go into areas like this and bring aid to you know to these people who really really need this aid, you know in, you know quick and a lot of it. So it's it's good to see the aircraft being used, yeah, used absolutely. well by the Royal yeah, Air Force, used for yeah. a good for a good for purpose. A good cause, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: So Nev, next one. Yeah, it's on flightglobal.com and it says that the British MOD is in talks with Boeing to acquire the E-7 Wedgetail Airborne Early Warning and Control System. The MOD said after a market analysis and discussions with providers of other systems, it had concluded that the E-7 Wedgetail was the most cost-effective aircraft available and potentially could be used in collaboration with Australia, an ally and member of the Five Eyes Intelligence Sharing Treaty. The Wedgetail is the standout performer in our pursuit of a new New battle space surveillance aircraft and has already provided, uh, proved itself in uh, Iraq and Syria with the Australian uh, Air Force, uh, said Defence Secretary Gavin Williamson. Our future with Australia will already see us operate the same maritime patrol aircraft world-class Type 26 warships and supersonic F-35 jets. Wedgetail may join that formidable armoury and help us work together to take on the global threats that we both face. If selected, the aircraft would replace the Boeing E-3D Sentry, which entered service with the Royal Air Force in 1992. It was not disclosed how many aircraft the MOD intends on purchasing or at what price, though reportedly four to six aircraft are being considered at a total price of more than 1 billion dollars. The MOD cautions that it has set up further discussions with Boeing and won't come to decision after a formal approval process that would examine the RAF requirements and the aircraft's price. Purchasing the E7 Wedgetail from Boeing without open bidding might invite protests from competitors as well as from Parliament. UK's cross-party Parliamentary Defence Committee in July made public its concerns about the MOD's rumoured intent on offering a contract for the E7 Wedgetail without an open competition, noting that alternative aircraft platforms exist and should be considered. A likely alternative candidate could be Saab's Global Eye, which is based on the Bombardier Global 6000 business jet and is being developed for launch customer the United Arab Emirates. The MOD says that it favours the E-7 Wedgetail because it is a proven and reliable aircraft. The ministry points out that it's been in service with the RAAF for some time, which could reduce the risk normally associated with acquiring a complex new aircraft. The MOD says it's also negotiating with Boeing to sweeten the deal by possibly carving out modifications and life support work for UK companies. The E7 Wedgetail is based on the Boeing 737 commercial airliner family and is modified to carry on its back a tail-like active electronically scanned radar made by Northrop Grumman that can surveil aircraft and ships across 4 million square kilometres over a 10-hour period. Boeing has delivered six of these aircraft to Australia, four to South Korea and four to Turkey. No branch of the US military operates these aircraft and there are not outstanding orders for the platform from any country. It looks
2: a very unusual aircraft. It? Yeah, I was just going to say there. But actually, it is a funny-looking aircraft, isn't it? I mean, it looks absolutely fine until they put that weird thing on the top—the <laughs> wedge. Uh, yeah. The wedge. I mean, which is what makes it said aircraft. And I am sure it's a very useful. I mean, they wouldn't make it like that if it wasn't, you know, a way to do it. I mean, yeah. it must be must be very different to fly something like that because it must have a mm. massive impact on the way that it handles.
1: Yeah, these uh these aircraft they like I said Nev said they're based they're based on the seven three seven seven hundred ER version of the seven three seven. Uh they have a crew of around about ten persons on board these. Mm. Uh powered by two uh C F M international C F M fifty six seven B turbofans. Uh cruise around five hundred and thirty miles per hour. And uh yeah, the um I've of these up close and personal. Didn't get to go on board, obviously, for, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Didn't get a chance to go on board and take photos. But uh, it would be nice to see uh, the UK actually get some of these and uh, obviously get uh, some, you know, some, some search and rescue stuff kind of like this, which is what they use it for as well, um, back on on task again mm, with the Royal Air Force. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that is where we bring the military segment to a close. So uh, what have we got coming up next, Nev?
3: Well, one of our listeners, keen listeners, is a fellow called Jordan Rose, and uh, he's on the west coast of the US. So trying to catch up with him for interviews and so on, has always been a bit tricky in terms of the time differences and also my availability as well. However, this week we finally got together for a bit of a chat uh, over Skype, and uh, Jordan was telling me all about his uh, recent travelling to Europe and uh, the airlines that he flew in. And I first asked him what sort of flying he's been doing recently.
6: Yeah, so my wife and I planned a trip uh, quite a few months back. It was our 10-year anniversary in April, and to celebrate our anniversary, we planned a trip to go to uh, Amsterdam originally, and so we booked using our miles on KLM and uh, business class on their new 787 uh, Dreamliner, and uh, after uh, about a month after we booked that, my wife was talking to me about, well, we're there for 10 days. Why don't we go somewhere else and see something else? And at first we were going to do Ireland and uh, we then decided on London, which funny enough, I have flown through London Heathrow a million times, but never been out of the airport. I've only <laughs> transferred obviously. So I thought, well, you know, that's, that's a great idea. I'll finally leave the airport, I guess. So we uh, used my British Airways uh, obvious miles and I booked uh club Europe and we uh, uh, planned a trip to start in London for about five days and finish our trip in Amsterdam and uh, so we flew two different airlines and uh, Delta's shake a Delta in there too because they're a partner with KLM so on the way back we flew Delta Yeah. Um, but yeah we were there for 10 days and we visited both London and Amsterdam and they were cool. both beautiful places
3: so what was your dreamliner experience like on KLM then coming across the pond
6: Well, I wish I could have said for myself it was a great one, but unfortunately, um, I have diverticulitis, and I had a little bit of a flare-up as soon as I got on the plane, so I slept the entire way. I didn't eat. I didn't really – but I will tell you – the, the seat was very comfortable. They have the new uh, business class seats on the 787 Dreamliner there. Uh, really nice screen size on the, um, on the video setup. But I'll tell you, the bedding and the seat were very comfortable. Um, rarely do I sleep through a whole flight, uh, especially when I'm not feeling well. Uh, but on this particular flight, I pretty much slept the entire time, uh, which was nice. Uh, so I will say the seat was nice. The service in the beginning, uh, what I did experience of it, uh, was very friendly and it's funny because I had read reviews on KLM and they said that uh, uh, usually the staff on KLM is um, they don't treat business class as different as they do economy. They treat everybody the same, uh, which in a way I kind of applaud that actually. And I didn't really experience that. I didn't. I didn't really. Uh, maybe I didn't notice, but. Uh, they went out of their way to take care of us and we uh, were always asking if we needed anything. So uh, all in all, it was a great experience.
3: Yeah, that's good. Now, this is the question I always ask everybody that goes on the Dreamliner on a long haul sector like that. Did you find that when you arrived in London uh, that you were slightly less fatigued because of the reduced cabin altitude?
6: Well, yeah, I think, I think maybe my opinion uh, might be scratched on that one because I slept the entire way. But I did ask my wife about that because we talked about this the last time when I took the British Airways 787. Uh, so I asked her. She didn't sleep as much as I did. And she definitely could feel uh, the difference, not only in um, uh, the sleep, but also her skin. I was asking about that and you know being dry or anything like that. And uh, she can definitely tell a difference between that and, and uh, for example, the 767 7, we flew back on the way home.
3: Yeah, interesting. I think putting more humidity into the cabin definitely makes a difference, doesn't it? No question about it.
6: Oh, for sure. No, it, it was nice. And there was no, no turbulence that I can remember. I asked her. She was awake a little bit longer. Uh, she said it was probably one of the smoothest overseas flights she's taken as well. So we got very lucky, very fortunate.
3: Yeah, nice. And then uh, you spent some time in London, which was great. And then you went to, uh, at, sorry, no, which what did you do? Um, you flew to Amsterdam first, didn't you? Um, we flew to
6: Amsterdam first, yeah.
3: And then you went to London after that. Was that on a, a British Airways service?
6: Uh, yeah, we did British Airways. Uh, we did the A321 um, in Club Europe. And uh, we were in uh, row one, I believe, on that one. And we, as soon as we landed in Amsterdam, we caught that flight uh, to London. So we actually spent the first five days in London, last five days in Amsterdam. Um, so, yeah, we got on the plane and about uh, from the gate, once they closed it and we, uh, we were rolled back, it was about a 45-minute wait to take off because we went to, as you mentioned, I think in two podcasts ago, oh my goodness, the experience of going to that runway is, and we were going a pretty good click too, it took about 45 minutes. It was insane.
3: Yeah, the the Polderbahn uh, runway, which is uh, a long way off, uh, does take a long time to get to, but quite often, uh, it depends when you're flying, but if you're flying in late in the evening, they take you off of 2-4, which is quite close to the the, the main gates and terminals. But uh, yeah, if you're on the uh, remote runway, as I call it, it's a heck of a trip, isn't it?
6: Oh, it was. It was it was insane. I thought maybe we'd have to re- refuel the plane before we took off.
3: But <laughs> well, It's quite a short flight anyway. Did you any holding uh, coming into Heathrow or did you just come straight in? Uh,
6: not on that flight. Uh, we went straight in. We got lucky. But on the return flight to um, uh, on, when we were done with Amsterdam, we had to go through London again. We had a little bit of a wait. Yeah.
3: Yeah yeah that that does happen from time to time doesn't it so uh, and oh, yeah. uh, all all good with british airways i was hoping you might go on with one of their older 767s before they retire them at the end of this year but it uh, sounds i cool. did. Uh, did Oh, you did on on the way uh, back ah
6: excellent yeah when we were done with london we took the early morning flight and i chose that on purpose because it was on their 767 so uh we did take the 767 back to amsterdam uh, to enjoy our last five days in amsterdam so i did get to fly on that one
3: yeah they're looking a bit tired aren't they the interiors of those.
6: Yeah, it was it was a bit sad. I, I will say it was uh, it was you know the seat was torn, um scratch. I mean it was it was pretty nasty looking. So I even used the uh, hot towel they gave me to clean my seat versus my face. So
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was a 767 400 uh back home I guess.
6: Uh it was on Delta. Yeah, we took yeah. the 767 uh from London Heathrow to Salt Lake City. Uh, and then Salt Lake City back to uh, Fresno, or, where we live. So, but it was, um, uh, that flight was actually, I was kind of worried, because I'd never flown on the Delta business class on the 767, and it looked, from pictures, pretty tired, um, you know, a lot older, and I thought, oh boy, this might be really uncomfortable. Uh, surprisingly enough, it was actually a very pleasant flight, and the bed was extremely comfortable, I was able to sleep with, no issues, and I have a bad back. Um, I didn't wake up with any back pains. So, surprisingly, you know, I was expecting the worst, and I received the best, really. So, no, no real complaints. The only, um, I guess, the only hiccup we had in the flight was when we first took off out of London Heathrow. Within the first 15 minutes, we had some pretty major turbulence. Matter of fact, the uh, uh, pilot had to call the stewardess or flight attendants over the intercom and tell them to park everything and, and get buckled up. It was, it was pretty bad.
3: Yes, quite unusual, actually. That does happen occasionally, but uh, not very often, I must say. So that was uh, good. And actually, a few people have said to me that the, the Delta 7 6 service, especially in business class, is is a pretty reasonable product. It sounds like you found the same thing.
6: It was. You know, the food was good. The service was phenomenal. I think uh, at one point, I even told my wife, I said, man, it's like going to a restaurant where they almost overdo it a little bit, where, you know, they, they want to make sure that you're taken care of. Um, I felt like the flight attendants on both sides, um, my wife and I both had different flight attendants, but they were just on top of their game. Uh, and I, you know, when I'm on a flight, I pay attention to what they're doing with other passengers, too. Um, and, and I thought, wow, this the service was phenomenal.
3: Great stuff. So what, uh, what flights have you got uh, lined up next? Where are you planning to fly to next, Jordan?
6: Well, in November, we're going to be flying to Las Vegas. My wife has never been there, um, and it's been probably over a decade since I've been there. So we're taking American Airlines. I have some miles with them. So we're going to be, you know, it's, it's a short hop from Fresno to Vegas. It's about probably an hour, so nothing special there. As far as international lined up, um, it looks like maybe either in February or March, I think we're going to be doing uh, hopefully Morocco.
3: Nice. Yeah, that's very good. And as far as Vegas is concerned, you, you've got to go there at least once in your life, haven't you, just to experience it? Oh, yeah.
6: Oh, absolutely. My wife and I, we're not real gamblers, so we're just going for the for the show. So we're probably going to go see some Cirque du Soleil and, you know, different things like that. Although she's a very lucky one. I've told my wife she anything she touches turns to gold, so I'm kind of encouraging her. I'm like, just go to a table, put down a bet, see what happens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, and then you'd have to be able to uh, come, come back and... um Think about how you're going to spend all, that, all those dollars afterwards.
6: Travel more, of course. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> well, that's brilliant, Jordan. Thank you very much indeed for the chat today. Really appreciate it.
6: Of course. Thank you, Ned. Of
3: course, travel more, Nev. Seriously, what was Vegas? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> definitely what Vegas. Else would you spend <laughs> your money
2: on yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, come on. Oh no, good luck with that trip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm a bit jealous. He's got a wife that can literally, you know, basically, t- you know, like touch touches everything she touches turns to gold. Yeah, she needs to go and play. We need we need an update, Jordan. I'm sorry, we need an update on how that trip to Vegas goes. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well done. What a Nev. lovely man. What a lovely man he is. Yes, very yeah. nice. And Thank uh, you, yeah, he's Jordan. done
3: some great trips, and he's got some more coming up as well. So Fantastic. Oh,
2: like we'll, we'll check in with him hopefully in, in a few weeks' time then, maybe. Yeah, month. The yeah.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. yeah, Yeah, I want to go back to Vegas again. Uh, yeah, but your uh, wife won't let you. I know. <laughs> Every, everything everything she, she touches turns to, to plants.
2: Ru- plants? <laughs> okay. I know. I
1: know the first thing I'm going to get <laughs> when I get home this morning is, oh, can we go to the garden centre? Right. Get okay. some plants. Nothing no. wrong with that. No,
2: there's nothing wrong with a bit of a garden centre. No,
1: I make the money and she spends it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you're in very dangerous water I know. there. She's not, like, what, she's not she listening. She
1: makes the money too, listening. Carlos. Danger, she danger. Makes, she oh, makes poor. more than me. She does, exactly. I so uh, didn't anyway. want to say that. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, no thanks. Uh, Lev, will you? I <laughs>
0: yes.
1: <laughs> now, well done, Thank Nev. You. As always, sterling work, sterling work. Thank you. So uh, coming up next on the show, then, we have had some audio feedback. I know, very exciting. Yeah. So we have had some audio feedback. And uh, this is from Evan Shu, And he has uh, done a little, tiny little piece of audio feedback. But he done it whilst he was flying with yeah. a friend of his. And it, it's great because we've got a bit of a band mixer of ATC yeah. uh, chat. and. Evan, well, so- I'll tell you what. should
2: we play it and then we'll have a chat about it after? Yeah, let's carry let's on. That. Yeah, here we go. Rocket traffic.
0: Here. is over. Three thousand nine hundred tracking zero three four for Bathurst, Bogger. And Bogger traffic, fling eighty-seven forty-six, is uh, five miles to the southwest on descent through three thousand six hundred, and we'll be joining downwind for runway two-three. IFR traffic in the area. Uh, just let us know when you're uh, in the on uh, final approach. Uh, this is Delta Hotel Charlie. We're currently eight miles straight in approach. Delta uh, Hotel Charlie,
5: Roger. Oh, here we are, five thousand feet, trucking along in a sr twenty-two that we just got checked out in. Good evening, Ben from Australia.
0: My no, buddy, Edgar.
5: Two
0: two, uh, on coral, g'day two everyone, we're doing, doing
5: 190
0: one knots journey almost, journey
5: so it's showing it going really well. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the engine day, is fairly new, so um, we uh, need to um, run it hard five to five run it in, so
0: we're moving over the ground. Anyway,
5: just thought I'd say g'day, and the cloud is... Broken
0: um, and it's a, a bit bumpy
2: underneath it, car so car hopefully it'll we'll, uh, sink a bit and we'll be able to get above past it. Past yeah, so anyway, um, talk to you soon. Oh, how cool is that? Just to sort of have I that love nice that to hear actually. the ATC. I know,
3: it's there, awesome, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that a uh, serious a very nice looking aircraft it, it is, is a beautiful
2: looking aircraft absolutely yeah 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 i uh, go to the youtube
1: uh feed and uh, if you want to have a, a look at that uh, it is oh it's, uh, it's, it's it's one of those aircraft uh, one of those you know um, light aircraft i would love to have a go in the cirrus SR22. it is because it, it looks awesome and it's i don't know it's just like a sports car in the sky
2: <laughs> am i the only one very excited about the fact essentially that he sent us a recording whilst he was i in know the air?
3: that's so I good that's so that. good yeah well that was the um that was his flight um, from Morabin to Cessnock when he was attending the Venture Australia flying weekend. Yeah. Uh, so that was with his friend Edgar as well. And Edgar, that beard is a proper beard. <laughs> that is <it's> a proper <laughs> yes, a, a proper man beard. This is this is
2: award-winning. That's what it is. Oh, yes, so cool. It, it deserves its own zip code. It's really quite awesome. But thanks for <laughs> that. Uh,
1: thanks for that, Evan. That was very, very good yeah, of you, absolutely. indeed. And don't forget, we really do love to hear yeah, your yeah, feedback. Absolutely. So if you want to send us some voice feedback, uh, send it in any format you like. We we don't really care here. Yeah. Well, me and Neville in? work it out somehow between yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, send your voice feedback and you can send it. Where can they send the voice uh, So
2: it is, at? yes, absolutely. Several ways of doing it. You can send it via Facebook Messenger if that's how you mm. like to do it. You can record it straight into there, ping it straight across to us. You can have three or four goes as long as you tell me which one's the okay one and I will use it. Uh, yeah, or podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. That's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Um, yeah, that's pretty pretty much it, really. Uh, it's uh, yeah. well, I'll, I'll do the social media link. While I'm there, shall I? yeah so if you want to go to the website, if he's he's busy flashing the t shirt he's not wearing, Uh, (laughs) absolutely. But uh, yeah so uh, you can buy. Oh, here here we go. What's this? uh, Keep calm and what? Oh, keep calm. I'm a pilot. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Righty-ho. Yeah, www.plaintalkinguk.com. On there, you can buy a t shirt. It's www.plaintalkinguk.com. There's also a form in there if you want to contact the show directly, and somebody, usually Nev, because he's very organized like that, will write back and say hi. Uh, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash plain talking uk our twitter handle is at plain talking uk carlos has got an instagram account as well which is also plain talking uk so basically search social media for plain talking uk and you'll pretty much find us (laughs)
1: <laughs> i think dr steph is in the chat room she's um wow uh, she's early doing there she's doing some runs somewhere oh, i think she's running
3: Chica- she's doing the chicago marathon oh, oh chicago World marathon yeah. oh well oh,
1: good luck dr steph you don't need yeah. it because you'll just do it in about three seconds yeah. so just hour just over
2: two hours before she starts she's saying in the Ooh. chat room so good luck steph good luck steph. i'm steph. sure the whole community is cheering you on Woo-hoo! absolutely Go steph. uh good good temperature apparently as well oh that's raining good. but not terrible
1: that's good. She's yeah. had some oatmeal, so right. she's fully <laughs> fueled. Well, everybody uh, for... is now
2: complete with the information they need in their day. They know exactly what Doctor Steph is doing and what she's had for breakfast. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> <laughs> so that is where
1: we are gonna really. Wrap We're gonna end it on that note, are we? I know. Oh, okay. On that bombshell. Well, it's better than it's better than ending the show on a potty. Really.
2: Well, there is that. Absolutely. Yes. Brace yourselves for an inappropriate show title coming up later. Actually, before yeah. <laughs> we finish, before we finish,
1: Matt's got the the, uh, the. Well, he's got the. Here we go. Behind us here. So oh, yeah. we've, we've got some new photos here on the wall. Yeah, Obviously, you can probably see if you're watching the live YouTube feed. But don't forget, we do we do need Please some do more photos yeah, to go on the wall behind me. here. And there's
2: some amazing photographers yeah. out there. So if you want to send us some yeah. pictures, we'll put them up on the wall. Uh,
3: and uh, just, who just, knows, if, you might even oh, be right.
2: able to persuade Nev to put one up behind him. Who knows? Yeah, I, know.
3: yeah, I could do that to
2: accompany the <laughs> yeah. A380 that I've got. Right? Behind okay. It could be if you ste- were, st- just could drop be instead uh, of the BA thing, maybe no, Just drop the show Email, <laughs> uh, go via
1: the website to yep. or podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Just send us an email and we'll link you the uh, the address to send us the pictures to. And we can mm. stick your pictures on the wall behind us and yep. you'll get a little name check on the show. Indeed. Yeah, Carlos is going to get us some Velcro strips so that I can
2: have, because the, the ones that came the in the tube, yeah, the I think were from Neil, weren't they? And they yeah, they, they keep, Neil, yeah. They keep rolling up off the wall, which is every time I come in here and they've rolled up and they're on the floor again.
3: So, yeah, we're going to try and stick them. find a better way of sticking them to the wall. Just before we go, though, we've got a bit of a technical upgrade coming on oh, oh we have yes it's a good point I can't yes. believe I have having
2: been working on it. yes so next week hopefully all being well I know I know we were having problems with the show last week it's basically because the broadcast tower is reaching the end of its serviceable life <laughs> I think is the correct way to say it and we have a rather fantastic broadcast tower that I'm just I actually I'll just see if I can find the pictures for it but yeah, uh, but, yeah my friend uh, Rob is in the process of, of basically constructing it com- com- uh, building is almost complete well it is complete uh, but I didn't want to risk trying to do it because I was working yesterday. I didn't want to risk not being able
1: to put a show out because I didn't have enough
2: time to put all the software on. So uh, While you're you're uh, doing that, Matt, I shall quickly
1: just um, grab the picture here. Yeah. Uh, on my phone for those yeah. of you watching in the world of youtube yeah this is this is what uh, this is here we go for those of you here we go. this is what matt was driving yesterday look at that look <laughs> look at that hey you need to go out that, more that's yeah. a coach and a half isn't it hey, i love, love, the color, me. Matt. love the color excuse me
2: young man as i say my, my very nice little van tool coach uh <laughs> nev smiling at me now and my lovely little van hall coach i'll have you know was um very beautiful thank you it didn't need oh i can't it's in the Actually, thing
3: that, isn't, isn't that coach in the color of uh, we's air? <laughs> oh, it might be. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they yeah. they should use it as
2: their, uh, their 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 um their their team coaches or whatever. Yeah. You know, the ones that take them to the airports and stuff. I'm sorry, my my computer is being very very slow. slow. But uh, bear with me. Uh, open
1: probably image. doing a, an update. Oh, Windows probably. 10 or yeah, yeah,
2: most likely. Uh, uh,
1: Tony S in the chat room said that's a Bobby Dazzler right yeah. <laughs> Bobby
2: Dazzler okay I am nearly
1: there sorry I'm just trying to get it to I can't, uh... so we will be back while Matt's trying to find out we will be back uh, <laughs> next Friday back to normal show times next Friday is that okay yeah. with you Nev yeah, yeah next is, Friday yeah. we'll be back to, uh, to normal programming next Friday and uh, fingers crossed hopefully I'm just waiting to hear back hopefully today from um, a possible guest that we've got joining us next Ooh, Friday very good yes indeed um, there
2: we are that's that's the outside uh, yeah. of, of the new it's a little we've got a little Ooh, uh, a, a sort of high-tech cube coming it's got it's boasting eight usb ports plus room for more if we need so it's it's very sort of a, looks quite nice it man. does absolutely I like i've got one more then this this will excite the uh, the uh, the cable management people oh. uh wait should, wait for this guys and yeah. girls <laughs> so this is a real a treat <laughs> yeah so th- this is essentially what's going to be inside said beast so here we go here we go it's a oh i can't get it to work there we go hang on here it goes
1: wow that is in that nice it's got two fans
2: yeah it's actually got three oh is it yeah there's one above wow. as well but you can't see that one uh, just to make sure it doesn't overheat and stuff but it's a neat, neat little cube so yeah so uh uh it's uh, yeah the uh, upgrade is more or less and i'm hoping unless something goes horribly wrong uh i should be we should be using it for the very first time nev will be joining us in hd uh as of uh, as of next week look forward to that yeah as of be friday good. all being yeah. well so yeah fingers crossed
1: excellent so that is where we go and bring episode number 237 of the Plain Talking UK podcast to a close. A huge thanks to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room this morning. Loads of people in there, mm. all the all the family members in there. Fern, thanks for taking time out of your Sunday morning, afternoon, Indeed. evening, yeah, whatever it is, the world, you are, it is in the world where uh, you are joining us. Don't forget we'll be back next Friday at 7 p.m. UK time yeah, for absolutely. the next show, 238. So, Nev, thanks for joining us, as always, Nev. Sterling you work. are
3: very welcome. Have a good week, guys, and uh, see you again on Friday. Yeah.
1: Indeed. So, from here in the PTUK studio, as Matt brings back the big screen, there we go. We're <laughs> back. A lot of so, from here around. in the PTUK yeah. studio, have a yeah. great Sunday. Take care. Enjoy your roast dinners and stuff. And Everybody
2: say goodbye. <laughs>